Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Well, every year around this time, um, you see it on uh, TV programs or uh, magazines or newspapers. They always kind of do kind of this year in review kind of thing. You've probably seen it, you know, the best of 2010 um, or like the top 10 events of the year um, or the 10 stupidest things celebrities did this year. You know, there's all kinds of like year end lists. And um, it's always good to do that, I think, um, in our own lives, particularly. Um, Psalm 90, verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And we're going to be talking about that in the next couple of weeks as we're starting a brand new series next week. But what I wanted to do this morning was maybe take some time and um, um, kind of step back a little bit before we plunge on into this new year. Because this whole idea of numbering our days... What he's saying is, don't let the days just slip by. Don't just go from one year to the next, to the next, to the next, and and just kind of let your life just pass you by. It's it's a prayer. It's actually from Psalm. It's Moses wrote this one. And and, and what he's saying is, Lord, teach me to count the days, to, to make the days count. Don't let my life just go one year after another, day after day, month after month, week after whatever, and just kind of come to the end of my life and not really having learned anything from it. Numbering our days means taking time to ponder, uh, to take some time and pause and, and maybe review and think about the experiences of the past year. And certainly now we've closed out a decade, maybe in the last 10 years, and, and the lessons that we've learned. Um, one of the things that I have done probably for about the last 24, 25 years now is uh, keeping a prayer journal. This is probably like my 20th one. No, it's more than that because I go through two of them a year. And I don't write in them every year, um, every, every, every day. Um, but I do, uh, from, on a regular basis, just try to take some time at the beginning of my day to just, God, what are you, what are you doing in my life right now? What do I need to learn? What are, these are the things that I'm praying about. And so one of the things that I do the last week of the year is I kind of go back and I read through my journal from the past year and just some of the things that I learned. And I want to share a few of those with you. And then actually, I'm going to have a few other uh, members of our church come and share. But there's some, probably four key lessons or key reminders, if nothing else. I don't know how else to put them, but but just four key things that became very important to me this year. Um, One of them is to learn to recognize God's hand in my life. Um, No matter what the circumstances, um, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, you know, the good stuff, the bad stuff, but just all of that to, to just learn to take a better look at what is it God is doing in my life and, and learning to see God's hand and, and recognize that and even thank him for it, even if it's not particularly pleasant, but to know that I'm still in his hands and to recognize that. And another one along with that um, has been in just in the area of, Lord, this year, one of my prayers was, let me be more sensitive to the moving of your spirit, the promptings of your spirit in my own life. Um, not only recognizing what you're doing, but, but learning to listen, learning to hear um, when your spirit prompts, when your spirit is moving me, and, and then to follow, follow the leading of your spirit in my own life and, and in my ministry. Um, another key learning for me this year was just learning that I am not responsible for the outcomes. 
I have no control over the results. I have no control over the outcomes. But I do have control over things that God has placed under my responsibility. And so be responsible for the things that I am responsible for. But don't take responsibility for the things I can do nothing about. And that has been a tremendously liberating thing. Now, it's a lesson I've learned for many years. <laughs> but just this year, in, in a greater way, just that sense of, okay, God, I can only do what I can do. And the rest, that's your department. I can't do anything about this other stuff. And that particularly became evident. Um, it's no, no surprise, um, no secret, that this has been a very, very difficult year financially. Uh, many of you have experienced that. Losses of jobs, um, furlough days, whatever. And uh, many of us have experienced that in our church family. And it has impacted our church as well. In fact, um, uh, at the beginning of December, you know, we just told everybody that this has been a difficult financial year. And October and November were particularly difficult uh, in terms of our budget and our giving. And uh, we just asked people to prayerfully consider um, what God is prompting you to do and, and to be faithful in giving and doing what he's called you to do. And, and I just want to tell you, um, this December has been like the best giving that we have experienced in as far back as I can remember. And I just want to thank you for that. And a lot of that, I realize that that is God's hand at work, but I also recognize God works through his people. And, um, and you know, it, it almost made up for October and November. Um, not quite, so let's keep this going, you know, forward. But, but just uh, what I was thinking about that was on top of that, on top of God supplying for our needs, that in the month of November, we raised thousands of dollars with our nickels for nets. And that was just kind of above and beyond to be able to provide mosquito nets for children in Uganda, particularly in Kenya, um, that actually is life-saving stuff. And that, that was above and beyond. And then, um, I don't know how many of you follow my Facebook page, probably none of you, but I just posted this week um, as we got the results from our adoptive family. And we've done this every year. This year was a record number. I said last week we adopted 16 families. We actually had two other families come in at the last minute. So we actually provided um, Christmas uh, presents and served 18 different families this year. And that was providing over 350. In fact, it was actually pretty close to 400 Christmas gifts and uh, yeah, and then 13 Christmas meals and just all of that. So um, just again, like I said last week, good job, church. It's just it's, it's gratifying when God's people are open to and listening to his voice and following his promptings. And um, just want to thank you for that and thank God for all that. So those are some of the things um, that God's done in my own life. Now, this week, I asked a couple of people from our church family, if they would be willing to share um, some of their experiences and their lessons learned. And, and many of them are not just you know, from this past year, but they kind of go back a few years, but just some things that came about this year because of, of past years and past experiences. And so uh, this morning, I've asked Rob DeSimone and then Lonnie Sinclair and then Joe Allering um, each to come and share a little bit from their year this past year. So first, we're going to start with um, Rob. Um, Rob, come on up. Um, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know Rob, Rob um, oversees our recovery ministry. He's been doing that for seven years now, and um, just as 
watching Rob come as a first-timer to Northgate and then seeing God's work in his life and then taking on ministry. And uh, a couple of years ago, about three, a little over three years ago, um, a new opportunity that was a big step of faith for him uh, came up, and um, we did a lot of prayer over that one. Um, but God's just been so faithful, and I asked Rob if he would be one of the ones to share with us this morning. So, Rob, thank you. Thanks, Ken, for asking me to share this morning. Good morning, everybody. And, uh, yeah, about three and a half years ago, me and my wife were on a nice cruise on the Mexican Riviera, and uh, it was September of 07, and the economy was starting to slow down, and the company that I'd been working for for about about eight and a half years at that point decided they were going to sell their second store in Livermore. And so uh, when I got back to my office that day, there was a little blurb on my desk saying that the bosses needed to talk to me about something. And uh, with the economy slowing down and me being one of their, their top paid salespeople, I thought that it was going to be to say goodbye. But uh, now what they did is they brought me in. They offered me to, uh, to sell me the store and because uh, it was something that I had uh, in, inquired about several uh, years earlier. But they, they had me uh, come in and we negotiated it. So I ended up buying a store. And believe me when I tell you that uh, owning a, a business is an emotional uh, ride. Okay, And it's a continuous education. And I'm getting one every day. So I guess the most important thing that I've learned in this, in this walk with this business is, is to just trust the Lord. Uh, as you all may know that in sales, from month to month, things go up and down, and you have a tendency to ride this ride with it. And uh, one thing that he's always made known to me through this whole process is, is that at the end of every month, when it's all said and done, that by trusting in him, that we always seem to be, have our head above water as long as we're being obedient to him. And that really is a, a comforting thought to me because without a deep faith, it really can be a, a tough ride. And it, you might make some decisions along the line that might not be the best godly decisions. But by trusting in him, that's probably the most important thing that I've learned is that he will make it right in the end. He will give us not exactly maybe what we want, but at the end of each month, he gives us what we need. And I'm very grateful for that. Uh, second most important thing for me that I've learned this past year that's really come into play, and I've been doing it for some time now, but just to pray and to pray without ceasing. Um, as you might know, that if you deal with the public, sometimes when you have customers that come into your store, uh, they might not be walking the same walk you are, and so dealing with them might be a less than Christian experience, you might say. And uh, a couple of instances come to mind. I really don't want to go into a whole lot of detail about it, but the bottom line is, is I was tested. And I believe the Lord put it in my life for a reason, because particular customers wanted a lot more uh, from me and demanded a lot more that really wasn't the right thing. But by praying about it and really thinking hard on it and really following what he would want me to do, in the end, it seemed like even though I had to throw more money at the problem, what happened was is that it came full circle back to me where the customer was satisfied, and then I got a very nice note from this lady afterwards, and it was a long, arduous ordeal, believe me. But she just gave me a thank you letter on how I stayed with her the whole time, and the process took about five months to get through it and cost me several thousand dollars that really I shouldn't have had to pay for. But the Lord said, look, you do the right thing, and I will make sure in the end that it will all come out for you. And he has done that, and he seems to do that all the time. Last but not least, probably for me, patience. Um, you know, I work with my wife every day. Uh, I didn't throw that in last time, but I, that seemed appropriate to say. Uh, 
But, uh, you know, she's a great lady, and, and, and we actually made a pact before we did this that we would not let this ruin our marriage, and it hasn't. We just basically try to keep the business in the business hours, and then when we come home, even though we do talk about business, we don't let it really get involved in our personal life. But more so than that, just patience with, with the people that I work with every day, my suppliers, um, uh, my manufacturers. There's a lot of things that, that happen during the course of a business year that, that basically um, will test you. And it will test your patience to, um, you know, to really count on the Lord to guide you through. And, and really, he, he has done that for me. He's, he's, he's told me many times through this walk that, look, just take your time. Don't make any quick decisions and wait for me through the prayer. And I will give you the answers that you need. And he does that for me. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to have that, that security and that peace in him. And that's really the only peace that I get these days is through my walk with Christ. And uh, it's the same in my personal life is, is my business life, is that it is important to understand that no matter what you do, if you're doing the right thing and being obedient to him, is that he will give you that sense of peace. And that's what he gives me. So um, I guess last but not least, I don't want to leave everybody with the fact that we're not uh, doing okay at the store. We actually are doing pretty good. And he has blessed us. And as you can see, that I'm not missing any meals. So, uh, you know, we're just, we're very blessed. And I appreciate you guys letting me take a few minutes to, to share with you. Thank you. Uh, next person uh, that we've asked to share is Lonnie Sinclair. And Lonnie, why don't you come on up? For those of you who don't know Lonnie, she, um, she has taken on uh, the responsibility for our Northgate U, uh, which is a new um, ministry that we started just a about two years ago now. And um, it's been a long journey as God has worked in her life through this. And she's going to tell you a little bit, not just this past year, but, but how God has used these things to bring her to this point. So would you welcome Lonnie Sinclair? So for me, the blessings of 2010 were very easy to see because of what happened to me 20 years ago when I didn't feel blessed at all. In 1991, I was diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer. I wasn't afraid to die because I'd been a Christian since I was about 12 years old. What I was afraid of was leaving my three-year-old daughter with my husband to raise by himself. After my diagnosis, my brother called me one night and prayed for me. I felt as though God was going to heal me. During the cancer surgery, God gave me a verse He actually gave me a scripture in Psalms 91. The last verse in that um, chapter says, With a long life I will satisfy him. I clung to those words, long life. I felt that God was going to spare my life. What I wasn't sure of was how would I satisfy him. I had a a 50-hour-a-week job in corporate America in information technology. I traveled for work, and I had a small child. It just seemed impossible. Most of 1991 for me was spent in cancer treatments, undergoing chemotherapy and radiation. I had a great support system. My husband was wonderful. My parents flew here from Oklahoma to help out. My mother-in-law came from Colorado. And even my coworkers took me to chemotherapy treatments when my family wasn't available. I just had great relationships. But, what, but one thing I realized is when you're facing death, 
and you think that you might die, the most re important relationship in your life is the one with the Lord. So um, during that year, I really reassessed my life and my values, and I decided to make some changes. So my goals were to spend more time with my family. There's an expression that I heard that says, on your deathbed, no one ever wishes they'd spent more time at the office. So I thought that was a good quote, and I was going to live by that one um, and try to spend more time at home. I wanted to change my career into learning and development, which was more aligned with my educational background. I wanted to finish my PhD. I thought if I did that, I could get better job opportunities at Chevron. I wanted to make some friends outside of work, and we wanted to have another child. Over the next few years, I attended weekly worship services, just like many of you do. I was involved in a women's Bible study. I tithed and I volunteered when I could. But it just didn't seem like enough to repay the Lord for sparing my life. And I still didn't feel like I was satisfying him. Over the course of the next few years, little by little, I achieved my goals. In 1992, the year after my cancer treatments were finished, I moved into a job with learning and development. By 2000, I had finished my PhD. So um, you fast forward to 2008. During that year, the federal, law, the federal laws changed about retirement. And what happened to me, or what happened at Chevron was, their, the way they calculated retirement was based on one interest rate factor, and with the laws, they were discounting the rates so that what I realized in November was that um, if I stayed past November 30th, I, I wouldn't have as much money in my retirement as if I left before that. So the weekend that I realized that, um, you know, I spent the weekend praying, came to the Sunday service, um, read the Bible, and really felt like with all of the messages that I was getting that God had given me the go-ahead to retire. So I gave them two weeks' notice and retired with a two-week notice after 28 years um, with the company. After I retired, um, probably the first Sunday in December, I ran into Dave McMurtry and I said, guess what, I, I, I retired. And, he's, and he had kind of been my inspiration because he had quit his job a few months before that. At that moment, he said, have I got a deal for you? <laughs> um, the church is going to start something called Northgate U, and I want you to consider being a part of that. And so I said, give me a month or two to just sort of rest and recover, and then we'll talk about it. So after the first of the year in 2009, we talked about it. He shared the strategy with me and so forth. And I said, yes, I want to be the director of Northgate U. It just seemed like a dream come true. And I was so humbled that, these, that my retirement and Northgate U came together at exactly the same time. As I look back over the years since I had cancer, I realized that all of the jobs that I had had really even before the cancer, but certainly after the cancer, had been preparing me to take on this role at Northgate U. I had done teaching jobs, I did project management, budgeting skills, and created educational um, programs for the adults at Chevron. All the skills that I needed for Northgate U. As I think about 2010, I realize that God has blessed me in so many ways. I get to spend more time with my family, we have two children now. 
I've made new friends. I even have time to go to lunch and breakfast with them. Plus, I have my dream job at Northgate U. I feel like I'm finally able to repay that debt that I wanted so badly to thank God for sparing my life. In 2009, we launched the program of Northgate U. Last year, we expanded the offerings. God sent us Lori Shorter to do those beautiful brochures and Grace Ann Anderson to help with the data. Plus, we've got about 20 people that have volunteered to help in either teaching or other capacities. We are so blessed. This coming year, we will be offering certificate programs, so we're, expand, so we're expanding. And I just pray that I am satisfying God with my life. I'll leave you with one more verse that God gave me during my journey with cancer. When I was having panic attacks and anxiety attacks, God told me, uh, led me to this verse in, in Proverbs, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So whether you were blessed in 2010 or whether it was the worst year of your life, what I want you to know is that God is with you. You just need to trust him, and he will direct your path. What I didn't know is he was working behind the scenes for me, as he's doing for you, whether you know it or not. Thank you, Lonnie. One of the things that we really believe around here, and what I, what I really love about this church is, um, that we believe that our faith isn't just for Sunday mornings, that it really is about our whole life. And when you hear stories of people who've gone through difficulties um, or, or long stretches of, of struggle, and, and you look back and you see God was at work even in those times, um, and, and using those things to prepare you for where you are now, are now um, that's not only encouraging for where you are right now, but it also gives you a sense of encouragement and hope about your future, that whatever you're going through right now, that God is at work, whether you can see him or not, he is working in you, he is working on you, um, he is working through you. And sometimes it's hard to believe that, it's hard to see that. Um, and it's good sometimes, like I said, to step back and recognize what God has been doing um, all along. The last person we have sharing this morning is uh, Joe Allering. Joe, why don't you come on up? Um, Joe did something completely new for him this year, um, just totally out of the blue, something I don't think he, if you'd asked him a year ago, this is what he would be doing, I'm sure he would look at you and just laugh. Um, but it's been a pretty exciting thing, a new step of faith for him. So Joe, come share, man. So uh, it is a plunger, just in case you're wondering. Uh, it's actually a golden plunger. Um, you know, uh, my story is, is um, a little bit different in the fact that we, uh, my wife and I have been coming to Northgate for about the last five years, and we've got a, a nice little spot picked out back there um, <laughs> that we hung out every Sunday that we could be here. And um, as we got to know people and, and kind of got involved in small groups, uh, you know, I kind of felt God changing my life. And I met Larry. And Larry is our generation's pastor, and he had actually asked me to come to dinner. So, you know, kind of, kind of a warning there. You know, you get invited over for dinner, what's next? And I'm kind of expecting the spiel and the whole bit. So 
we go have dinner and it's, and it's a great dinner. And uh, we, we talk about our lives and we talk about our wives and we talk about how we met and all those great things. And then, and then comes the moment. And, you know, I'm pretty happy sitting back there in the back. And I just knew that, you know, there was something else coming. And so he said, um, so what are you doing uh, besides just coming to church every Sunday? <laughs> Not a whole lot. And he said, well, let me, let me ask you a question. I said, okay. So, and I was taking him really seriously because I think God had been working in my life a number of different ways. And he said, do you want to be a shepherd or do you want to be a part of the flock? And so at the time I would have said, I meditated on it for a while, but now I prayed on it. That's how God was working in my life. It wasn't a meditation anymore for me. My, my mind, it was more, more praying about, you know, what God was calling me to do. And he said, by the way, we're starting next week, and I need somebody in the audio-video department to do it. I said, okay, when do you want me to let you know? As soon as possible, tomorrow, if you can. <laughs> okay. So um, I said yes, and I took a leap, and it was, it was a small it was a small step, and it was something where, you know, he said, if you don't like it, you don't necessarily have to do it. We can put you somewhere where you feel more empowered or more skilled. And, you know, I come from corporate America, and I'm, I'm used to uh, different things, and leadership is kind of my, my forte. Um, audio video was not. And <clears throat> not only was it not my forte, but they put an Apple computer in front of me. <laughs> And I went, okay, no, this really isn't going to work out. Uh, but with the help of Ron Fink, um, he actually got me through it, and uh, I learned, I've learned a ton. And, and I'm teaching your kids, um, those of you that have kids and that are in the DIG program. And this has done so much for me spiritually that I can't even begin to compare the last <clears throat> 20 years of my life to this last year. It's just completely changed my outlook. It's changed the way I deal with my professional life. Because the bottom line is your professional life is your professional life. Everything outside of that, when it's talking about God and the things that we do for God, that's just on a different plane. It's just on a different level than what I do every single day, day in and day out. So that also helps me through the days. Because, you know, you've got to have a 9 to 5. You've got to pay the bills. And, again, I'm not on any meal. So um, one of the things I wanted to just kind of leave you guys with was um, I, I did win this. And this is, this is actually the Golden Plunger Award. And basically Larry does these up and um, it is for somebody who um, got in there, kind of got to the places where people didn't want to go, like where a plunger goes. Um, <laughs> Um, got their hands dirty, got in, and, 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 and fulfilled a need. And again, we, this has a need. Um, so we painted gold, and I put it up on my mantle, and I think it's really cool. But the, <laughs> the really cool thing that I thought was, actually, this came with a card. And, um, you know, I've gotten a lot of thank you cards um, from the corporation I work for, um, from customers, from clients, from this, that, and the other thing. And none of them have had the same impact as... Just a couple of sentences that this card had, and I wanted to read it and share it with you. Um, it says, Joe, dude, <clears throat> you're the man. 
I am so blessed by you and your family. What you are doing is changing lives for eternity, and you will be greatly blessed for it. I am so humbled by your service and your friendship. Love your brother, Larry Davis. And this card is probably one of my biggest treasures now. It's just, it's not going anywhere. It's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. And so as I continue this journey, um, I just, if there's an opportunity out there and you're a little bit nervous about it, as I was, maybe accept that dinner invitation. Go see what's out there. I didn't think I was going to enjoy AV. I love it. It is absolute. I have the most fun with those kids and putting on a dance party. You know, I throw on that disco light and the lights and I put on the crazy techno music and they go nuts and they love it. Aside from the message. And now I'm teaching. So Larry's gone. He's up in Tahoe. And actually I taught your kids this morning. And this is the second time I've done that. Could I tell you tell it 10 years ago that I would be teaching children about the Lord? No way. So anyway, if there's an opportunity, take a look at it. Um, This has changed my life for the better and will continue to change my life. So thank you very much. Just kind of curious, how many just by a show of hands, would say, you are ready for 2010 to be over and ready for a new year. And anybody? Okay, yeah. It's, I don't know, it's just been one of those years. Um, And I know personally for me as well, um, some of the struggles and and the questions and all of that kind of stuff. Um, But what I want to leave you with this morning, and really what I want you to kind of take home, are these two thoughts. That prayer, Lord, teach me to number my days. Teach me to make my days count. Teach me to count them for you um, so that I gain a heart of wisdom. And then the second thought that I want to leave you with is, I just want you to know that whatever your experiences this past year, whatever you've been, and I know some, some in our church family have really, really had times of struggle. And I just look out at faces and I know, you know there's been a lot of turmoil, a lot of stress, a lot of challenges, a lot of those things. I just want you to know that whatever your experiences this past year, good or bad, successes or failures, whatever they've been, God uses everything. And truthfully, you may not see it right now. And you may be wondering, God, what in the world are you doing? I, 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 I said I would follow you, and this is the way I'm getting repaid. You know, This is not the way it was supposed to be. I want you to know, that even in the garbage, God works. There's one of those memory verses I talked about last week. I learned as a young kid, Romans 8, 28. You probably learned this one too if you grew up in Sunday school like I did. It says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Now, he doesn't say we know that all things are good because <laughs> they're not. But what he does say is that we know that in all things, God works. And when God works, he works good. And I want to... I 
where do you want to drive that home? Because I know some of you are really struggling right now. And New Year, turn of the page on the calendar, really hasn't made much difference. Two days later, it's the same junkie we're going through two days ago. God's at work. And some of those things you may not see the results of this year. You may not see them for years to come. But God is at work. And when God works, He always works good. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purposes. And you might read that part and you just say, well, that leaves me out because I'm not called. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. I'm not a... Sunday school teacher, I'm not. You are called. God has put his call on your life. I believe that. And he's working. And he's bringing good. And it's going to be in fulfillment of his call on your life. And I want you to walk out of here this morning as you head into this new year with an understanding that whatever this year brings you, whatever the experiences of last year, God is at work in your life. And when he is working, he's working good. And it's all for his purposes. And the best thing you can possibly do is to learn to number your days, to count those days for eternity. We're going to talk about that a little bit more when we start this new series next week. What does it mean to number our days? But just a big part of it is just saying, Lord, let me realize that this day counts. And so here's going to be my challenge for you as you head into this new year. Beginning this week, tomorrow morning, when you roll out of bed before your feet hit the floor, before anything else, just take a moment and just say, Lord, teach me today to make this count. Teach me, Lord, what you want to teach me today. Teach me to count this day from you so that I might gain a heart of wisdom. And that's my prayer for us together as a church. It's my prayer for each of you as individuals. I hope you'll take that to be your prayer each day this week, each day this month, each day as you head into this new year, throughout this year. As often as you remember it. You may forget a day, but then the next day when you wake up and you remember. Or maybe you don't remember till like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, okay? Well, Lord, teach me to make this half a day, you know, count. But just make it your prayer. Lord, teach me to count this day so that I might gain a heart of wisdom. Let's close with prayer. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.